You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So we have Eli Tokish, who is one of the other young podcast hosts on the Broadway Podcast Network and just celebrated his 100th episode with his show, Take a Bow. Um, and his show takes you behind the bows of Broadway performers, directors, and people in every facet of the theater. And you get special insight from Eli himself, who has been on Broadway shows and tours such as Finding Neverland, Pippin, A Christmas Story, Mary Poppins. Um, he was also a part of the pre-production labs for The Greatest Showman and played the title role of Trevor in Chicago. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I <laughs> am so excited to talk to him. Um, hi. Hi. Hi, Mason. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to do this. Oh, thank you for being here. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, it's officially allergy season, so oh, kind of yeah. dealing with all of that fun stuff right now. But oh. otherwise, doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So can you start out by walking us through how you got to where you are with your podcast and also performing? Uh, Sure. I mean, so it's been a, it's been a journey. Um, I started performing when I was six years old. Um, and this was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I uh, originally grew up right outside. I, I'm from Weirton, West Virginia, but uh, did all my theater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with the Pittsburgh CLO. Um, I saw my first show at the Pittsburgh CLO and just like fell in love with it. My sister was in the show. Um, and I think that had maybe a little something to do with it because it's an older sibling. So maybe it's like, oh, I want to be like them and everything. But I genuinely just like fell in love with performing and uh the whole i fell in love just listening to the audience like freak out over an amazing performance and hearing the applause and everything and i was just like oh my god this is so something like i want to do um and so we asked around we asked the people who were putting the show on and asked cast members and all that you know how to get started and everything and they directed me to the academy this pittsburgh yellow academy um, where I did like a summer camp and that was my first show that I ever did. It was, uh, King Louie in the jungle book. Uh, so that was my first show. And then I did like you're a good man, Charlie Brown, where I played Snoopy, um, and all that fun stuff. And, uh, then after the, my first summer camp, uh, the principal at, of the Academy, you know, was like, you should really audition for like our main shows that we do at like our, our big theaters, like the Benedum and the Biom and everything around Pittsburgh. Um, and so I was like, yeah, sure. And it was a Christmas Carol. It was Tiny Tim. Um, I auditioned, got in, and uh, 
had uh, an incredible cast that had been doing it for it was always like the same cast so it was cool because like the previous tiny tim then played my older brother and like it was just like i got to pick everyone's brain because everyone was so familiar with it and so experienced in it um and then the music director was like you know you should head out to new york and so i came to new york and uh, it was in the middle of winter and came to New York on a bus that dropped me off in Chinatown and uh, had no clue where to go. And uh, I stayed with the music director of A Christmas Carol, Bruce Barnes, um, who then directed me to a bunch of these little, you know, casting offices up here. And I went around to all these different casting offices and dropped my headshots and my resume and everything I had done like a short film so like I had that and all of those things in like an envelope and like was sliding them under doors if they weren't answering to my knocks um so yeah it was just a bunch of that and then since it was like winter and it was the holiday season you know not many of the places were open but there was one that we ended up uh coming to which was the clear talent group um that was open and and thank goodness because we knocked and they they said come in and we were like oh my god like this is it and they were like who are you here to see and we were like oh you know i'm just here like i was literally was like i i'm not sure who i'm here to see but uh i would love to be seen <laughs> um so it was that kind of thing uh, and they were like um you need to have an appointment so they were like you have a great day make an appointment with us like online or call or something and uh we'll see hopefully see you soon well i was like you know like i'm not from here i i came eight hours blah 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 and i mean you tell people that and they don't really care but they actually seem to be like oh, okay like okay uh we'll see what we can do but uh maybe we'll catch you before you leave if you can make appointment with us before you leave well we went downstairs and we went a couple blocks grabbed a slice of pizza and while we were eating pizza my dad and my brother and i um we got a call and they were like, you know, I actually just talked to one of the, our, one of our child casting agents and uh, they, they're willing to see you. They have a minute and uh, how quickly can you come back? And we were like, uh, sure. So we came back and the casting uh, casting agent, Paula Poeta was like, so I was watching some of your short film and everything and just like, really enjoyed it and i would love to to represent you like can you sing for me can you do a monologue and i was like i can sing for you but i don't really know what a monologue is but i guess i could do something like if you explain it <laughs> um and so like it was just all of these crazy things and then she sent me she ended up signing me and she sent me on my first audition which was the tour for mary poppins and i booked it and ever since um here it's just been uh taking off and now here we are with three four broadway and national tour credits uh on the resume and uh throughout the you know i'm transitioning into the no longer a child actor and kind of doing the adult acting and in between there's like this weird weird phase that you have to go through where you have to find your voice you have to find out what kind of actor you are and you have to, to go through all of these things and so while i'm exploring all of that i said well i would love to to have conversations with other artists to help me maybe talking to them will help me find out who i am as an artist and then i started this podcast with take a bow um and it, it was like if i'm struggling to deal with this stuff i'm sure others are as well so maybe they can benefit from it too and so i've been able to do it on such a 
uh, a wonderful platform such as the Broadway Podcast Network. And uh, it's helped me a ton and it's helped a lot of people. And here we are today, 100 episodes later with Take a Bow. So that's how I kind of got into all of that. Yeah. And congratulations on 100 episodes. That's insane. <laughs> Thank you. And also all the love to the Broadway Podcast Network if you're listening to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so your goal was to find your voice in theater. Do you have any tips that you found over your episodes that you can pass on to people wanting to find their voice currently? Wow, that's a great question. I mean, there's been so much that I've been able to soak up uh, through all of this. And it's funny because like, especially like with someone like I've experienced so much of it and I've experienced so much of this industry and there's still things that like I experienced it when I was a kid. So I had a completely different aspect from it. You know, like I was doing it and I was just having so much fun. But then you hear like these adults and you talk to these adults and they're just like, no, this is like an actual job for us. This is what is paying our bills. Like all of these things, it's something that you don't think about when you're a kid. So, so hearing it from their point of view and hearing it from like a job perspective, you know, there's my favorite thing that I found is there's a fine line between having so much fun and and telling these stories and, and making sure that you're having fun so that the audience is having fun. And then of course, figuring out that professionalism um, and figuring out how to be a, a true professional to make sure that people want to work with you again, to make sure that you are kind to everyone, that they want to work with you. Um, and there's just so much, there's a lot of, when you go see a show, there's a lot of from an audience perspective, you don't really understand the amount of work that's been put in. Um, so even like, okay, I know I'm going like in so many spaces, but like, honestly, like, cause when you're a kid, you go to school. So you go to school, then you go to rehearsal, then you go back to school, then you go eat and then you go do a show. So there's no time to work outside of rehearsals when you're a child actor and you're a child performer. But when you're an adult, there's so much more that you have to dissect because the adult roles are so much deeper than a kid's role because a kid's you're just throwing them up there and they're having fun and they have to be cute and they have to be all these things. But like the adult roles are, Oh my God, they're having fun with these kids. And then like a second later they're, they're crying because like they have to figure life out and they have to like really go through that where you don't see all of that depth with kids. So, so then these adults are going home and they're doing just as much work that they're doing at rehearsals at their house. So like that was something that was completely like crazy to me that I never thought about because as a child actor, it's like, no, once I'm outside of the theater, like I have to worry about school and I have to worry about other auditions and I need to worry about sleeping and I need to worry about eating so that I can get through the day. Like that's what I see. And then the adults are like, no, I have to make sure that I'm coming to work every day, that I know what all of my choices are when I'm doing a scene, I have to make sure that my lines are done. I have to make sure that my I can hit every single note consistently because as an adult, the voice is just, it's an actual like, it's an actual muscle and it's an actual thing that you need to do when it's easier for kids to sing because it's like not fully, it's never like dropped or it never did all of these things. So there's just so much that goes into it from an adult's perspective that I've yet to experience because I'm still 18 years old um, that I've been able to soak in from, from talking to these adults. And I think that that has been the major thing, just make sure you're doing the work 
from every minute that you are possibly able to. And it's not just in the room where it's happening. Like, no, you have to do it when you go home. You have to do it on the subway. You have to do it everywhere, uh, where wherever you are. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's hard to figure out for child performers because there's a lot of um, conversations in theater where it seems like people expect us to know how to do that. But being child performers, it's not easy to figure that out. Right. Um, but yeah. And it's interesting, too, because like for child performers, you know, we're doing it subconsciously. Yeah. You know, like we're doing it without meaning to do it um, because that's just like the nature of the business. And and when you're a kid and you're having so much fun, like all you can do is think about it, you know. So it's like I don't I want to continue to do it. And I am always singing the songs when I go home. But we just think we're having fun singing it because we like it and we like the song. But really, we're actually like working on it and we're working on our craft and we're making sure that we're able to sing it. It's so interesting um, how like the kids like they're so innocent and how we think. uh, But really, we're actually putting in the work that adults are doing, but like on a on a more innocent level and the adults are doing it in, in a specific, meaningful level that they have to do it to make sure that they're showing up every night eight times a week. Uh, in six days. It's just insane so that they can sustain that performance for each new audience. Absolutely. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So on to the next topic of your podcast. Yeah. Um, can you take us through the production of your show? Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> the production is a lot of me. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of work. I never realized what podcasting was until I, I did this. I, I know you know. Um, I, are you it's doing crazy. it solo? Um, yes, I am. It's Oh my God. God bless you. Um, I started out doing it with a co-host. So I was very fortunate enough that originally, like when I was first getting into it, you know, Sydney Lucas, Tony nominee, fun home, all of that fun stuff. She was kind enough to, to do some of the work as well. So like we were able to split it. And then the whole time, my sister, Tessie, who actually was the reason I fell in love with theater, she was fully on board with this idea from the get-go. And she 
is a big, she loves to edit. She loves taking photos. Um, she loves doing all of that stuff. So she thankfully um, edits all of our episodes. Um, she takes photos when needed. She she helps out with uh, TikToks and all of that fun stuff. Um, we're, we're, we have kind of like a team um, where it's just like she's doing the whole editing and, and all of that where I'm doing all of the content, like I'm creating all of the content and I'm reaching out to each guest that they want to come on and I'm thinking of the topics and thinking of the questions and the ideas and, and the games and whatever that I play. And then of course, for our 100th episode, um, my brother helps out too with like some social media stuff because he loves like social media. So he'll he'll help out when it comes to that kind of like Instagram and posting to that and what kind of hashtags work and all of that fun stuff. So I have help all around and, and it was great. Like when Sydney was here and she was able to reach out to some guests because sometimes that's like hardest. That's the hardest is just figuring out your guest, figuring out a schedule and a time that works with them, that works with you. And then of course, because I had another co-host, we had to do like three or four schedules. It was just so much um, where now when I'm with myself, it's easy to coordinate just me and, and another person because my schedule is in constant flux and it's so flexible uh, because of all of this. And I can kind of make my own hours, which is great. Um, so the production side is great and it's a, it takes a village and um, it's a lot of work, but we make it work and uh, it's totally worth it. And for our hundredth episode, we did it live. So I was taking care of, yeah, it was, yes. Um, I was, I was doing a lot of that stuff, you know, just making phone calls with the, and emailing back and forth with the, um, with the venue and the guests and coordinating that. And then the music director, making sure that he had everything that he needed, all the music, the sheet music, all of that. Like it was just so much work. So, so much of it is just, through communicating via email and via via uh, phone and all of that fun stuff, and thankfully I I'm able to to push some of the stuff off my plate onto my sister's place, which is really the time consuming stuff with editing and all of that stuff. Yeah, kudos to you for doing it all yourself. I don't know if I I, I don't know if I could do it. There is several times where I just get to Sunday night and I'm like, I haven't edited my episode for tomorrow. Oh and yeah, <laughs> it's fine. no. Literally, I always end up recording. So it's so funny because like, like I said, like finding a guest is the hardest thing. So you think you have a guest for the week and you don't. And it's like, oh my God, what is happening? So I usually like end up reaching out to someone like Wednesday, like afternoon in the morning, record at like four or five. Hey, can you do today? And they're like, what today? Like, I guess like um and like four to five we're recording like we are right now and then i like send it off to my sister by like seven o'clock with all the intro with all that and she's like really like right now like we have to have this up by midnight really and it's like i'm sorry <laughs> that it's stressful it's so, also stressful. so fun because so then worth you it fresh on your mind <laughs> absolutely absolutely and it's just like you know it's it's fun. It's fun stuff. Like it's fun stress. Like it's never like a actual like oh my god this I don't want to do this right now. Like this yeah. is not what like it's not fun stress, but it it is. It is fun and it's like oh this is great. Like I get to like talk to my friends and I get to figure out what fun things to talk about within the industry that we all love and that we're all nerds about, which is so invigorating, I guess. It's so fun. Yeah. And also for us and the audience, we create new connections and 
get people interested in it because of these amazing people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned your live event. How did that go? I know you had a great guest list. Oh my God. Yeah. It was so fun. So we had Sierra Renee, we had JJ Neiman, we had Max von Essen, we had Presley Ryan, we had Anthony Rosenthal. And then we had a wonderful music director who uh, was the music director for Pippin, which I was in. And then of course, next to normal. And he's been, uh, he's uh, subbing at company. He's done so many things and he's been working with the Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist for the all of their seasons and their fun things that they do, like the holiday episodes and whatnot. Um, So Charlie Alterman is a great guy and he knew all of them. So it was just such a great group of people. We all knew each other without knowing we all knew each other, which was really cool. Um, Sierra Renee actually came down with COVID. So she was unable to come, um, but we still had a wonderful lineup with JJ Neiman and Max on Essen and Presley Ryan and Anthony Rosenthal. Um, and it was just so much fun. I mean, I'd never done a live show before and I think it's something that I've always kind of entertained um, and kind of was always something like the goal for take a bow um doing like a live fun little cabaret show and hosting it and all of that um and and it was cool because i was able to sing on it like which was cool and i i haven't sang since like my voice changed um so that was really cool and yeah it was cool to be able to to totally reinvent re-envision and like reimagine a cabaret um and turn it into like a podcast but like also sticking to the cabaret like oh we'll allow them to sing and we'll allow them to to talk about their song that they want to sing and talk about then to go into like a podcast kind of a view of the the whole thing and talk about the shows that they've been in and what they're working on now and doing all of this fun stuff within the industry um it turned out so so lovely and it was just so so much fun every we sold out which is crazy um and we just we had the best time and everyone there was laughing and smiling so it was really really cool to to be to do that and hopefully that that's not the last live show that Tiger Bow has yeah. And for anyone listening to this episode, um, you can listen to that on his podcast if you're not already listening to his podcast. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Earlier, you were talking about the production of your TikTok, which we have mentioned in the Slack for the Broadway Podcast Network. Yes. Your TikTok is fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Um, I love it. So coming into a new form of advertising for podcasting, because TikTok isn't that old. Um, How do you navigate that side of marketing your show yeah um it's still very new to me and you know i don't know about you but like as teens in in our world that we're living in today it's so like stereotypical that like you know we're on social media all the time yeah and like sure we are but it's not always for reasons of like entertainment like a lot of my show for take about is done through social media because you know, it's just easier, it's easy access to other people. I think that's been a blessing with with creating a podcast in this day and age is you have access to reaching out to so many people with social media. And so I feel like growing your social media will help you with that and helping you with reaching out to people and all that fun stuff. Like I was able to get Kevin Chamberlain on my show through TikTok which was like something that I wouldn't have never imagined. And TikTok, like starting a TikTok for Take About was scary for me because I I didn't, I still don't get it. 
Like I don't understand TikTok. I don't understand how the algorithm works. Um, every day is like, oh, I think this is going to go viral and it doesn't. And then the ones I don't think goes viral is like pops off. And I'm like, this that's wonderful. That's great. Like whatever works. But like how then I try to like replicate that and it doesn't work. So it's just like, what is happening here? And uh, I, I was so hesitant. Like we literally started our TikTok probably a month or two ago now. And we've got a, we've gotten a great following on it and from it. Uh, it's definitely boosted our downloads and listens and boosted like, you know, the brand awareness of take a bow and getting it out there. But I still like, I, I wish I could like help people with it because I just don't get it. I don't. Yeah. And, um, but it's been so huge for our, to continue like take about and to get these wonderful guests on it's been so lovely so i encourage everyone i mean you have a great tiktok too um Thank you. I, yes of course um i actually you always come up on my for you page i'm always like Perfect. oh my god you'll talk with mason gray come on uh or, oh my god mason bray i said gray sorry so yeah it, it's just like it's it's great. And like when you can like come on to someone's TikTok like you do with mine, like I'm you I have you like in my head now. And I think that's when like I was like, oh Mason, like we should do something as like the young podcasters on yeah. the Broadway Podcast Network, you know? Yeah. Um, so I love that we're able to chat and talk about, you know, our podcast and being young podcasters and um our love for theater together. I think it's definitely really great. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the things that I mentioned with the BPN in my first strategy meeting. Um, we had talked about the young podcasters and how um, we should start working together with them to um, increase the awareness of young performers and podcasters. I couldn't agree should, with you more. I well, hope that we can do more. Oh, absolutely. I hope so, too. And it's interesting because there's not many of us. Like, yeah, there just aren't. And there's probably three of us i think that we have it's me you josh turchin i think yeah and like yeah and he and he's like kind of i mean his is a podcast but his is really um featuring like youtube and kind of that kind yeah. of route so it's interesting like because there should be more because each i don't think people realize this about podcasters but each podcast is really a performance yeah like each podcast that we're doing we are entertaining others you know like it is some sort of performance on some scale so i definitely think that like especially with young podcasters that are just trying to like entertain others and make people happy and also spread the word about an industry or about a topic that people love and spread that awareness i think it's so wonderful and i think it needs to be talked about more because it's just so rare in in such an overpopulated industry as far as the podcasting community is because everyone started a podcast in the pandemic um yet there's still very few young podcasters yeah so um i totally agree with you and i hope that there is something there that we can do um because i definitely think it's valuable and it's like we are we are the future like it's crazy to think about that but like you know someday it's like you're going to be seeing more Eli Tokash and Mason Bray than you're seeing like the, the reporters that you see now, because they're, eventually they're going to age out and they're going to retire and they're going to, they're going to go on. And then who's next? Like we are the next wave. So why wouldn't we just start, start building that up now while we can, yeah. you know, which can seem a little scary um, to hear that, but 
everything is fine. We yeah, fine. everything is fine. No, it's okay. We're we're young, but we're doing it. We're we're thriving. We are we're here. T- we're here. You know, we're still alive. We're making schoolwork. We're making uh, job work. We're we're doing all of these wonderful things. Yeah, started yeah. a job this week. <laughs> yes, Mason. Come on. What is it? Um, I am doing graphic design and other artwork for a um, company here in Southern Indiana. Wow, that's amazing! Good for it. you. That's a great skill to have for uh, for a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, going into this, I was doing Adobe stock photos uh. for all of the stuff, and now I'm in Photoshop, which is a big change. Yeah, Photoshop is tricky for me. I'm a big Premiere Pro guy for like editing yeah. visuals and and audio, but I still can't get Photoshop. It, it's yeah. tricky for me. It is. There's so many tools, and I don't know how to use any of them. Yeah, and I feel like that's a great t- topic for for podcasters and podcasts, like people who want to go into podcasting. Like, there's all of these incredible platforms that are out there now that we can use um, to to start that. And also, like with my self tapes that I I because I'm still auditioning um, for so many things, and so when, when editing stuff. <clears throat> When editing stuff, you know, people don't always understand that, like, where should I do this? Do I do this through iMovie? There's so many platforms. So I'm a big Adobe guy, um, and I do a lot of my stuff there for the podcast, for my career, for social media, for um, for uh, auditions and all of that fun stuff. So that's a great tool for any of you aspiring podcasters and artists and performers out there. Yeah. Um, so getting into some of my um, closing questions that i ask literally everyone and i'm not gonna give it up um so do you think that your experience um in performing or your education has gotten you further i say my experience in performing um i think that when you are put into a room and you are put into a room with other incredible actors and storytellers it furthers you to want to be better yeah um because in school it's just like you know we we all love it but are we all good at it and like you know some there's a lot of really strong people but like the ones that force it tend to tend to be harder scene partners um because it's just not natural and it's not raw and and you can't really like feed off of that so when you're in a group with such wonderful performers like you are in a professional setting, such as Broadway and such as national tours and even regional productions, it just, it, it, it excels you and it, and you ask yourself the questions that you end up asking in school, um, that you like have tons and tons of lessons on that. Like you're doing that without even knowing you, you should be doing that and how you should be evaluating a scene. Um, so I would say like my experience in working with directors and, and them asking me the harder questions that I need to evaluate for myself and my character and thinking on my toes and all of that stuff has, has, you know, really, really excelled, I guess, my, my learning as, as a performer and of, as a, of myself as a human. Um, I think that it's, it's gone, it's been pivotal in the experience more so than the schooling. Yeah. And then, so I used to ask what you've been doing during quarantine, but I think that we're all yeah. sort of phasing out of that, I hope. Uh-huh. Um, so what was your first show that you saw back after the pandemic? 
Oh my god. Uh, the first show that I saw back was... Oh my word. I don't even know. What was like the first show back? Oh my god, this is so terrible of me. I'm so sorry. What were Let the me... first ones to reopen? Yeah, uh, when Passover did we reopen? Like, like Passover. Oh my god. Passover may have been my first show that I saw then. Are we counting like cabarets? I think so. I think we can count cabarets. We can count cabarets? I mean like I saw like a bunch of like little cabarets that were like starting to pop in and out while it was all like outside and yeah. everything like that. Um, while the, it was slowly starting to come back, uh, my friend Maxwell Nesson, who was in my 100th show, was the first one. However, the first show was probably, I would guess, I would say Passover because that I saw that the second preview. So if that was the first show to come back, then that was definitely the the first show that I saw. That's fantastic. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And you've also been to a lot of um, the reopening red carpets and stuff like that recently. I have. Instagram. Yeah. How are those? Oh, my God. That's been so, so much fun. It's fun because um, I started to do a lot more stuff with Broadway Podcast Network. Uh, as far as joining their team and, and like staff and everything. So um, I've been going for both my podcast, but then like I've gone for Broadway Podcast Network as a whole and as a social media um, person for them to post on their stories, to post on their stuff. So like Beetlejuice and American Buffalo, I went and I, I did a bunch of content for their social media. And then um, I was on red carpets for... Um, is this a room? Dana H. Um, I was on the red carpet for, um, there was a bunch. Oh my God. I I'm blanking on all of the things because my brain is like, everything is mixed together. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been incredible. It's been such a fun experience. And now with all of these amazing shows, you know, coming back, uh, to Broadway and having Broadway reopen, there's been so many this month that I've been able to attend. Um, and so they've they've been wonderful. They've been so much fun. It's cool to see all of these wonderful uh, celebrities that are coming out to support Broadway. Um, it's funny because like the people that we consider celebrities are like movie stars and everything because they're such, they're, they're publicized on such a broad uh, scale where like performers on Broadway aren't always talked about, but tend to be like, more of like a well-rounded performer because they can like sing and dance as well as act. Yeah. Um, anyways, that's a whole nother conversation that we can have. Um, I, I have a very strong feeling on that, but um, it's cool to see all of those celebrities come in, to Broadway and uh, kind of come to where they originally fell in love with storytelling, uh, which is interesting as well. Um, it's cool to see them come back and support people that they've worked with and, and and celebrate live theater and all of that fun stuff. So it's just been a really cool experience and, and being on like a red carpet is just something, you know, I've done it a few times as like a performer, but doing it from like a press side is like something 
so crazy to me and for some reason it's more nerve-wracking but um it's been such a such a blast and i'm very lucky to to be doing that yes and i hope that i can join that sometime soon when i get out of indiana Um, yes you need to come to new york i am working on it you're working (laughs) oh really oh my god that's wonderful we'll have to meet up yes um one thousand percent and you mentioned um, young perform, or you mentioned um, how movie stars usually get their start in theater. And I do want to have a quick conversation on that. Yeah, because young performers, we always get bullied because we're like not movie stars, but like that's where people Seriously. find their start. I know <sighs> it's so funny because there's so many people that ask me like, "Oh, you're an actor. What have I seen you in?" And I'm like, like "Well, have you seen like <laughs> Finding Neverland? Have you seen me in?" Have you seen Pippin? Have you seen A Christmas Story? Have you seen Mary Poppins? Have you seen Trevor? Like I and I list all these things, and they're like, oh, I don't know what it is. I'm like, dude, you literally live in New York. How do you not know what it is? Um, it's so frustrating, right? And I mean, like, I can say like I've been on Forever on ABC, where I had a reoccurring role. I could say I was in Friends from College on Netflix, where I had a reoccurring role, like, and all of those things. But it's nothing to like the extent of like what I did in Finding Neverland and Pippin and all of those incredible shows. Like I take those performances, um, I'm I'm so much more proud of those performances um, that I was able to do every night than what I did on like a television show or like a movie. Um, for and it's part of the live aspect, but it's also just because like you know I I did it for like a year, so I was able to just learn so much about myself and my character and all of that fun stuff and getting the the audience reaction and kind of getting that instant gratification um, that you don't get when you're like doing TV and film. So I'm like, I don't even want to list my like TV and film credits because like I haven't like, I haven't been like, I wasn't Harry Potter, you know, like that's what you would like know. Like I, I had like smaller roles on TV and film. Um, so it's just interesting because especially as a young kid, it's so much easier to break into the industry from a theater perspective than it is to go directly into movie and movie and films. But people don't understand or notice you as a child performer if you're not in TV and film. So it's yeah. so there's such an interesting dynamic there and it's so so frustrating, but it's it's fine. We're we're still Again, here. We're still trying to make fine. a name for ourselves. What's that? Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Everything is <laughs> awesome. Um so yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's, well, it's a whole anything... oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You can go ahead. No, it's okay, because I could literally just talk about it for, for hours and hours. It's a it's a whole um boiling conversation that's wrapped in my head. So we can continue if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I love our host instinct to just like at the same time go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, is there anything you want to add before we wrap up? Is there anything I want to add? Um, you know, I just want to say, like, for those of you, if anyone's listening and they are a aspiring artist or podcaster or someone that just wants to entertain people, because that's really what, like, I love just making people laugh and I love meeting new people and I love hugs. Um, So like after the stage door, like those are so fun. So like if you're into all of that, like I just want to say like do it, like figure out a way to do it. You can't, unfortunately we are, social media is so easy to like wrap your head, like getting you lost in your phone and just like 
watching other people succeed, you know, and that's the thing that like, we need to get away from because like, social media is so much is literally only like watching people succeed, because that's the only part of their life that they're willing to share. Um, So I'm like, I'm over social media. And I'm just like, I'm figuring out a way to do it, put my phone down, give me it, you, it's crazy how much time you have when you suddenly put your phone down. Um, and, and figure out a way that you can get into this industry in some sort of way. You don't even have to like make it to Broadway to do it, you can do it on such a small scale, you could do it in an independent film, you can do it in a school project, you could do it in a, a podcast, you know, like you could there's so many they, I mean, that is the one good thing about social media and technology is that like everything is such easy access nowadays. So, and there's so many wonderful things that you can do in this industry that people don't know about. There's editing, there's directing, there's writing, there's uh, performing, there's uh, makeup, there's hair, like whatever you want to do, do it and figure out a way that you can get your name out there, knock on people's doors and be like, Hey, this is what I do are you interested? Do you need anything? Like go do it for a dance recital in your local community, like figure out ways because the people that you learn, and if they, if you do it right in one place, they're going to tell someone else. And that person's going to tell someone else. Like it's just have the drive to go out and put yourself out there so that you can succeed because it's easier to do it once you have that drive and once you start to make those connections because it's in this industry it's such a small community even though it doesn't seem like that um but everybody knows each other and everybody talks to each other and in some sort of way you're going to end up in some someone's mouth and that person you don't know who who that person's talking to when you come out of their mouth and that could be like your next thing so um so much of what i've done in my career is working for the same people um and I, I've been forever grateful for that. Don't get me wrong. So make sure that like whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. Make sure that you're coming to work, putting in the 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 effort, uh, being kind to everyone that they're going to want to invite you back and work on your next project with a whole new team and a whole new pr- uh, cast of people that then leads you into meeting so many other people. Like just figure out a way to do it and uh, don't stop until like, you're satisfied and that you're happy, but make sure you are happy and make sure it is something that you want to do. Um, that That is by far the most important thing. And that's definitely something that I just want to add. Absolutely. Yeah. And schoolwork does work. Um, yeah. There's one, there's one time I turned in a transcript of my episode with Alex Lagermore for a writing project. Oh my God. Good for you. That's amazing. You know, I've been thinking about doing that for, I'm in a uh, public speaking class right now uh, for college. And it's just like, send them the the, link. The the final is a 10 minute um, podcast informative speech. And I was like, you could do that in your sleep. I could do, I could send you an hour of a hundred episodes if you would like. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but that's okay and it's wonderful too like if you i know as a kid in the industry school is really hard and there's no doubt about it being a kid is tough because you got a whole other world to worry about you have it's like living two lives um but with school you know so much of this industry and so much of life is communicating so if you communicate with your teachers and you develop a relationship with teachers and you let them know like hey this is what i'm doing um this due date isn't it it looks tough like i'm gonna be straight like 
it's going to be pretty tricky to do this? Or is there any way to extend it? Or is there something, is there an alternative that I could do? Most of the time, if you tell them, if it's not like an excuse where it's like, sorry, I, I'm going to be on my phone, uh, just like chilling and kind of forgot about the due date. Like they're not going to work with you there, but like, if they know that you're really like trying to put your, like get a name out there for you, like they're going to let you do it. Like they're humans. They want, they want you to succeed too, especially like in middle school. I was rarely in middle school because I went to a performing arts school and they knew that what I was doing was performing. So like they knew I was getting that school. Um, so all of my performing arts classes, which was at the end of the day, I was able to leave. I was able to like leave early because then I was going to do that in a professional setting and not a school setting. So as long as you're like making, trying to make everything work, it's going to be great. And honestly, you're going to have to rely on other people. You're not going to be able to do it all yourself. You're not. It's just not going to happen. You need your parents. You need your friends. You need your siblings if you have them um, that can help you and that you can rely on them uh, to, to, in order to succeed and in order to, um, to do all of the wonderful things that you hope to do and that you have planned for yourself. If you make a goal for yourself, you're going to achieve it. You know, and if it takes a little longer, it takes a little longer. There's no limit. As long as eventually one day you reach the goal and you are happy, like that, that's when you've made it in life. So that's it. It's hard as a kid, but it's doable. And Mason and I are proof. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. This was fantastic. Oh my God, Mason, you are a dream. And I'm so excited that uh, we got to meet and and do this wonderful thing together. And I can't wait to, to talk about this on my podcast and talk about you uh, because you are such a joy and it's so fun. I love all of your episodes. I love watching you on TikTok, all the things. So keep doing such great work and hopefully I will be seeing a lot more of you. Thank you. Yes, of course. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.